Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Today we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 5, and as you turn there in your Bible, your iPad, or whatever you're using this morning, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you that we woke up this morning, God, and uh, had another chance to live, another chance to worship you. We made a decision to be here this Sunday because uh, we prioritize you. We, we think your presence and your voice is valuable. So we came here to listen and learn. So as we sit at our feet, instruct us in the portions of this message that pertain to each of us individually, God highlighted in our hearts so that we know exactly what areas to shift and make changes in. And we'll give you all the honor for what you accomplish. And the church says, amen. Second Kings chapter 5 and verse 1. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria. He was not an Israelite. Uh, you know, in Scripture, it's, it's interesting We'll often find uh, God does speak a lot about the Jewish nation and Jewish people, but it was always God's intention for Israel to be a light to the nations, as the prophet says. So we'll find many stories in the Old Testament in particular, as well as the New, frankly, where we see God moving through people outside of Israel. And the man that is being highlighted, Naaman here, he was Syria's highest-ranking general. He was not an Israelite. It goes on to, and it's kind of a long introduction here. He was a great man with his master. Uh, he had a special rapport with the king. And he was also in high favor, meaning he was well-liked. But the Hebrew there also uh, hints at more. It, it communicates not only was it that he was well-liked, he was also a man of means, a man of resources. He was also very rich. And we see this a little later on. We see the gift that he brought with him to uh, Israel, because by him the Lord had given victory, not to Israel, but actually it was a war against Israel, but God was still accomplishing his purposes, and actually he was disciplining his people, because uh, by him the Lord had given victory to who? Syria. Now the Syrians were idolaters. These were not people who worshiped or, or loved the Lord, but God can use the unjust and the just for his purposes. God is not limited in history. So we don't always have to have a quote-unquote believer in the White House or in the Congress. We just need a person with right principles. You hear what I'm saying? He was a mighty man of value, of, of what? Sorry, valor. Meaning, in, in layman's turn, terms, he was an exceptional soldier. He was a, a brave. And, and from what we've just read, and again, it's a long introduction for, you know, a heathen in Scripture. Typically, we don't see this type of introduction. But he, 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 he's a man of, of significant standing, and, and basically he has everything going for him. But if you're reading along in the Bible, you'll see there's a comma, and then there's a but. And this is just real in all of our lives. No matter how distinguished, no matter how celebrated, no matter how successful we become on planet Earth, all of us will always have at least one area of need. Now, you may not like that, but it's just the truth I know. He was all that, 
bag of chips, T-shirt, and everything. But he was a leper. There's some things in life, money and power, just can't fix. And many of you in this room, you got money, you have means, but there's still some things in your life that only God can fix. You know it. And that's why you're here this morning. Now, the Syrians on one of their raids had carry off, carried off, uh, uh, help me read, Lord Jesus, a little girl from the land of Israel, meaning, again, they were fighting with Israel. And the Syrians had ripped her family apart. This little girl was a tragic victim of war. And she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She was reduced to a slave. But in spite of her circumstances, in spite of something that you would think, well, God must have forgot about her or was sleeping the day that she was taken captive, we find that God is still working in her life his purposes. She said to her mistress, pay attention to what I just said, it looked like something had gone wrong in this little girl's life, but God was still working out his larger purpose. And some of these things that you're crying to the Lord about, and yeah, it's painful, and and yeah, maybe it shouldn't have happened, but God can still work out his larger purposes no matter what. Well, she said to her mistress, if she didn't go through what she went through, this little girl would not be in position to do what she's about to do. And some things that happen in our lives are are more about positioning than immediate convenience. This girl's a slave, uncomfortable, but she's in position. Every position God places us in will not be comfortable. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to say God put her in there. I'm going to say the devil did. But let me tell you something. God could take what the devil does, and he could use it for his good. So even what the devil does in our lives, God can flip it around. Well, she speaks to her mistress, and it was kind of a wishful, whimsical type of statement. Would, she's a slave, so she can't tell nobody what to do, but she uses her office and she uses it well. Would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria. We can learn a whole lot from this little tiny girl. She lost everything, her country, her family, her freedom. But instead of losing her faith, she had so much of it, she just shared it. And many of us, when we get backed up and we lose something that we thought we shouldn't have lose, something unfair happens. We, but oh God, you know, I don't know. I want to worship God. I don't want to. I want to do it. And Jesus said, No. This little girl was so full of God that in her slavery, she was witnessing and testifying of God's goodness. Would that my Lord? We're with the prophet who is in Samaria. 
What was she saying, and what would she say if she was living today? She was saying, I, I wish that you could come to my church in Dumfries. That's what she was saying. <laughs> There's an anointing there that I believe can heal you, that can fix what's broken in your life. Just come with me on down that little tiny town. And I believe there's something there for you. And he here, I believe, for us, refers to Jesus. And he would cure him of his leprosy. War may have snatched her from her family, but her circumstances could not snatch the faith out of her heart. Stuff will happen, but you got to hold on to your faith. You got to learn to sing when everybody else is crying. You got to learn to stand when everybody else is falling. The Bible said, unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. This little girl had, had childlike faith. I know something bad has happened to me, but I know my daddy's going to come and get me somehow. I know my daddy still has a plan. I know my daddy's still going to work it out. But you see, we're, we're, we're a little bit older and we're all sophisticated, but we got we, we to gotta have childlike, we have to have childlike faith sometimes. Stop thinking so much, say, Lord, I can't figure out how this happened, why this happened, and, and it looks like the wicked are overcoming the just, and, and God, uh, but Lord, um, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to worship you in my situ- situation nonetheless. He goes on and says, so Naaman, this is a general, by the way, went in and told his lord, the king, this slave girl has no rank. No power, no position. She's actually a human being's property. This is chattel slavery here. In spite of her rank, kings are about to talk about, this general's about to talk about what she said in the White House. We don't need as much as we think we need to do the things God wants us to do in our lives. We say, well, only if I have more money, only if I had more education, only if I had more rank, then maybe, Lord, you can use me. This girl had nothing, but her name is being uttered in their White House. And the general says, he's repeating her, thus and so spoke my little slave girl to the king. From the land of Israel. Not only that, she wasn't of the right race, didn't have the right ethnic background, but God still used her voice. And the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. This girl, again, is captive, but she's now the conversation of kings, in the conversation of kings. Complain less and believe more. Maybe God will do the same for you. I know it's hurtful and all that. I got you, but complain less and believe more. And maybe God will do the same for you. So he went, cleared it with the king, and he took 10 talents of silver, 750 pounds or so, 6,000 shekels of gold, about 150 pounds of gold. How many of y'all know that's quite a bit? Gold is going for over $1,000 an ounce. There's 16 ounces in a pound. This is a whole lot of money walking toward Israel. And 10 changes of clothing. Now, we're not going to read this today, but actually Elisha rejects his money. And, and, and here's the deal. And we, we can give offerings in a way that God will not accept it. 
You see, this man was a man of means. I mean, everything he got in life, he got through fighting and, and scraping for. I mean, he was a general. He was a fighter. He was a soldier. And he, 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 he had victories and success. And, and that's where his money and his wealth came from. And folks like that, that are very, very successful, and they, they kind of pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps, they, they tend to be very, very independent. And, and they feel that, that you know what, I, I worked hard. That's why I am where I, I am. So, you know what, in order to get what I need next, I'm going to pay for it. And I don't need nobody to give me nothing. I don't want no, nothing from nobody. I'm, I'm going to pay my own way. And that attitude, even though in the world it might get you someplace, in the kingdom it's anathema. Everything in the kingdom is by grace, which means unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. None of that. You hear what I'm saying? So he comes with this worldly attitude. Like, I'm going to go, bring all this gold. Now, if he was coming to worship God, I believe Elisha would have accepted it. How many know you can't buy God's blessing? And then this is the challenge sometimes when it comes to giving and all the rest. You know, if someone sees another person give a lot of money, you know, they, you don't really know what's going on in that person's heart. And, and you can judge, well, they're trying to buy God's blessing. But no, no, that person's really trying to worship God with, his, with, with their resource. The Bible said, worship the Lord thy God with all their might, soul, uh, heart, and strength. Strength is your, your resource. So, so, you know, some people do, though, try to buy God's blessing. It's not for sale. Jesus purchased my redemption. My two nickels is not going to add anything to what Christ accomplished. You hear what I'm saying? So don't ever come to this altar trying to buy God. Never do it. You give in obedience to God, to worship God, to advance his kingdom. Make sure your motivation is right, lest you, you, you won't walk away with the blessing God, God would have for you. But uh, let's, let's go on to six. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure, you may, notice this, you may cure him of his leprosy. So the king gets this letter. Syria had whipped them the last couple battles. And he's like, what, what, what I look like a doctor now? How, how, how on earth am I going to fix this man? But, but. That was the point. God didn't raise up Israel because Israel was to be superior to other nations. The Bible talks about the nations coming to Israel to to worship their God and and receive the blessings that God had on the nation. God raised up uh, Abraham to to bless the nations, and that's the purpose of, of Israel. So Jeremiah responds in Jeremiah 8 and 22. He says, is there no balm in Gilead? Now, since we're not from this area, we don't immediately know what that means. But healing ointments or healing balms were the major export from this region. And what the prophet is saying, shouldn't we be able to deliver that which we're famous for? Shouldn't we be able to do that which God has called and created this nation to do? Isn't there a balm in Gilead? And then he goes on. Isn't there no physicians There, now there were many doctors in Gilead because that's the place the medicine was found. And and, and it's kind of a rhetorical question. He's saying, guys, we're supposed to be the lighthouse of the world. How is it that we've grown so dark and so dull? And and he's saying, now, isn't there a balm? Isn't there healing? Shouldn't there be healing in the place that God has ordained it? Then he goes on. And this is where he really hits him. He says, why then? 
has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? If we as the church of Jesus Christ are really who we say we are, why are not more people getting well? Jesus cursed the fig tree because under their leaves there were supposed to be figs. A tree is known by its fruit. And fruit's value is found in the eating and in the tasting. And he's saying the people of God were raised up for the very purpose of reaching the people that many of us would try to keep out of our churches. I want the drug addict to come into Grace Church. I want the fornicator, the adulterer. I want the homosexual. I want the liar. I want the cheater. I want the thief. I, I, I want, I want, this is a hospital. And it's open to all the sick, everyone with infirmary, everybody with need. So I know some of these people coming and messing up your church. But if that's the way you think your church need to be shut down anyway. They need to come in by the hundreds to meet our God and experience the healing that we experienced in our lives. Yeah, she came in here with, 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 with Daisy Dukes on, but give her a little time. Hug her anyway. Oh, the cleavage is not just right. God will work that out, but let's get her saved, okay? Let's get her washed. Let's get her redeemed. Let's, let's love on her a little bit. And Y'all not going to like me for this. But I know he came in here with a little twitch. God's got that. And it's none of your business. None of your business. God can heal it and fix it. Let me tell you something. I just remember we're live streaming. I'm still going to tell you. The ushers told me some ladies came in, and they were holding hands, hugged up. And... Um, dropped off their child in the uh, nursery, sat together, arms around each other. I didn't notice. And they told me about it, and I, I said, like, wow, I said, okay, things are changing. <laughs> but the week after, that same woman came to the altar. We didn't say, you're not welcome in here. You ain't going to mess up my church. We don't like them type of people. No. At the altar, tears running down our face and everything. She said, whosoever come, let them come. Let them come. 2 Kings 5 and 7. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? I'm a politician. I'm not in all this resurrection business. What, what is this? That this man sends word to me to cure a man of leprosy? Only consider 
and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. See, the problem is the king looked at this situation through a political lens instead of a spiritual lens. And we react wrongly when we look at life situations through the wrong lens. People come in here and you're talking about what's going to happen to my church, but you're looking at the wrong lens. The wrong lens. You, you need to be thinking what's going to be happening to them when they come to the altar. What's going to happen to them when they hear the word of God? You hear what I'm saying? All oh, the change that God wrought in my life, he's going to work, work in that life just as quickly and, and in the same way and sometimes even more marvelously. Jesus speaks to us and he says this in Luke 11 and 34. He says, your eye, which really represents your mind, is the lamp or the lens of your body. When your eye or your mind, your thinking, your perspective is healthy, your whole body will be healthy and full of light. But when your eye is bad, when your eye is sectarian, when, when your eye is judgmental, when your eye is condemning, when your eye is bad, your body is full of what? Darkness. This church can become dark if we look at people the wrong way. If people become problems and not opportunities, we need to shut the door of this church. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen right now. We should never look at truth through politically correct or incorrect, whatever, lens. Just leave the politics out. Instead, look at politics through a biblical lens. If I say to you as your pastor, I say a baby's no less than a baby five months before he's born than five months after he's born. If I can't kill a baby two weeks after birth, I shouldn't be able to kill him two weeks before. Now, if I say that, oh, bishop's becoming political. No. It's not political, but biblical. I don't care about your party. I'm talking about our God. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.